sneak in. I might just sneak a touch in there when he's not ready. <laughs> You're invited. Good evening. Tonight we're learning Masecha Shkalem Daf Yudches and Yudtes Samad Aleph, three relatively short uh, Amudim, and as well, uh, not rocket science like some of the other elements of the Masechta, a little bit more straightforward. And we're starting at the very top line, though we're starting with a little complexity, the words Umenorah B'Tzafon, Veha, all three of those words, according to some of the Meforshim, are removed. It would have been, the first two words would have been connected to yesterday, and the word Veha would have been connected to today, but Veha introduces a question, and in the flow of the Gemara, it wasn't a question being asked of the Gemara, some of the Meforshim just take out those words. So we're going to start at the fourth word, on Yud Chasim says the Gemara, Tani, we learned, that the Shulchan, right now, we're not talking in the Kodesh Kodashim, we're talking in the Heichal. So this is in the larger building. The Kodesh Kodashim was behind the Parochas, outside the Parochas, but in the Kodesh, this is the, the Shulchan that we're talking about. So the Shulchan that was in the Kodesh, where was it? It was two and a half Amos off of the northern wall. And opposite it, so this was on the northern wall, on the southern wall, but the same amount of distance away from the Kodesh, um, just opposite it, it was symmetrical in this way, was the menorah. Mizbeach HaZahav, also we know the Mizbeach HaZahav was in the Kodesh, right? Not the Kodesh HaKodesh, the Kodesh HaKodesh had the Arun, and then there was the Parochas. Um, so the Mizbech Hazav, Haya Nasun it was halfway through the Kodesh. Here were the measurements. The Kodesh, HaKodashim was 20 Amos. The Kodesh, the room outside, that was 40 Amos. So this was at the 20 Amo mark, halfway through the um, halfway through the width of the Kodesh. Cutting the room in half. With a slight lean toward the east uh, as it would lead toward the door of that room. And if you were to look at the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKodashim together, so then the Mizbech Azov was two-thirds of the way to the east, one-third of the way uh, off of the east of the doorway of the Heifa. A little bit of that. You can see the pictures and the art scroll. Of course, they depict this perfectly. Um, and that is the end of that brisa. Um, let's continue. Well, it's actually the brisa continues, or maybe it's a new brisa, but it's uh, still brisa. Eser menoros asa shlomo. Shlomo Melch made ten menoros. Shenemar vayases menoras azahov asher kimishpatova itain behechal hemi amin behemi small. Five of these were on the uh, right, and five of them were on the left. So says the Gemara in Tamar. If you want to say chamesh betzafon vechamesh bedarom, that five of the menoros that Shlomo made were on the northern wall. And five of them are on the southern wall. That can't be. It needs to be that the, that the menorah is on the southern wall of the, of the Kodesh. Because if it's not, you're not going to be Yotze, the mitzvah of Hanerus. That doesn't work. It has to be in the right spot. It has to be specifically on the southern wall. So when we said that there were 10 menoros and we said that five of them were out to the right and five to the left, it can't be west and east. I'm sorry, it can't be north and south because if it was north and south, the ones on the north would not be kosher. You can't do the hadlaka on the nearest. So therefore, says the Gemara, we are about a quarter of the way down. What then does the Pasuk mean when referencing the 10 menoros of, of Shlomo? That five are to the right and five are to the left. Ella says the Gemara, there was a menorah that Moshe made. We're going to learn a little bit more about that soon. But on that southern wall, they had a line of 10 menorahs. Moshe's was in the middle, 11 menorahs. Moshe's was in the middle. 
five that Shlomo made were on the right, and five that Shlomo made were on the left, but all of them were on the southern wall of the Kodesh, and therefore, all of them were considered kosher. And Afal Pikain says the Gemara, and here we're going to see a machlokas, this is Shita number one, about which of the 11 did they light? There are 11 menorahs in the, in the Kodesh. Which ones did they light? So says the Gemara, Afal Pikain, it seems from the Gemara that they only lit that uh, which belonged to Moshe. Uh, and the Pasuk indicates one menorah in the singular, not in, not in the plural, and that's Shita number one. However, third of the way down, no, all 11 were lit. That's an real avoda. We also know from earlier Masechtas that they used to go in, they used to specifically clean out menorahs, then they would do something else, they'd come back to other Chamesh menorahs. There was a lot of setup to do, it was a lot of logistics. So 11 menorahs, that's like, you know, a couple hours of, of really hard work. You got to clean it up, make sure it looks nice. So this second sheet of Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda said that all of them were lit, Shinemar, because the Pasuk says, minoros, hem. Plural. Uh, Fine. So that, that Pasuk indicates that it was in the plural. So yes, there were 11 menorahs. Yes, they were all on the southern wall and therefore all eligible to be lit. Shita number one holds that only the center one of Moshe was lit. Shita number two holds that all 11 were lit. All 11, that's uh, 11 times seven. That's a lot of candles. That's a lot of wicks, a lot of oil. And that's what was on the, the next Pasuk uh, continues. And we'll just do a brief analysis of this Pasuk. They completed all of the gold. What does that mean? What does it mean that they completed the gold? Or according to some, a little bit more uh, contextual to say that we're talking about Shlomo. So there are such changes there because after all, this Pasuk is in Divrei Hayomim. And we are not talking about Moshe at that time. So the Chor is talking about Shlomo, that they finished all of his gold. So the Meforshim are very bothered by that. How could you have possibly finished all of the gold? I mean, he was extremely wealthy. That's not a very likely uh, possibility. So the Gemara here, according to some of the Meforshim, is talking about the level, the quality of gold that was used by the Mishkan was extremely high in its purity. And we'll see a Gemara right now that discusses the purity of the gold. But that might be what we're talking about. The Kalos HaZahav is a language is uh, it's a type of gold, high quality. So let's call it 99.9% purity. And uh, when they were using that gold, they finished that gold. That's what it means when they were making all the menorahs and they're making all the kalim, they ran out of the gold. Um, uh, um, about eight lines, seven lines before the end of this halacha, on Yudches Aleph, the Gemara continues. Tani, he would take 1,000 kikarim of gold and he would put them into the boiler in order to uh, purify the gold. And he would keep, uh, you know, reboiling them one time after the other. He had put in 1,000 units, and it was obviously not the cleanest of gold. And he boiled it over and over and over again until all that was left was one kikara, one one thousandth was left over. But mamish, it was the purest that it could be. A thousand is that. You burned off a lot. Now this may well be a homily. If you're if you're boiling gold and you've lost 999 of the 1,000 units, that must have been some pretty bad gold. Nevertheless, that's what it hap- that's what the Gemara says. Is that a homily? Is it not a homily? The Mashinemar, This is what the pasuk means. Kikar zahav tahor asa osa v'gomer. That when you make the menorah, it has to be made out of a miksha. Has to be made out of one piece. So he melted down all the gold so that it would be large enough of from which we could carve out the menorah. However, says the Gemara Tanya, we have in Abraisa, Amar Reb Yosi, Be Reb Yehuda, Maisa B'Menoras Zahav, Sha'asa Moshe B'Midbar, in the Midbar, Baisa Yaseira Dinar Zahav, it was actually one dinar larger uh, than the one that was in the in the Beis HaMikdash. The one in the Mishkan was a drop larger. 
and he put it in the uh, into the boiling pot, into the metal melting pot, um, 80 times, and it didn't reduce at all in its volume. So this is a stira. In Bryce, number one, we indicated that it reduced by 999 parts, and what was left was perfect pure gold. However, in the in the case of the Mishkan, we they put it in 80 times, and there was no reduction in size. So what is going on here? Do we say that there is a reduction in the in the volume of liquid gold when it boils out? Yes or no? In the first case, absolutely, we would have said there's a reduction. It removes all of the impurities. In the second case, it seemed to not remove any impurities at all. So answers the Gemara. Three lines before the end of the halacha, halfway down, this is correct. Until you've cleaned it out of all of its problems, you're being the varer, you're taking out the psoles from the ocha, you're taking out all of the impurities, then yes, then of course it's going to be, it's going to lose a lot of its volume. Absolutely, it's going to reduce in size. Let's say that it was 40% impurity and 60, good, then it's going to lose 40% over time. The more you boil it, the better it's going to be. But mean uh, mean du kayom al Once it was already filtered out, then lo chaser So therefore, the first brisa, which says that it's going to lose 999 parts and be left with only one kikar, that's because there were a lot of impurities that hadn't been purified yet. Masha'enkin in the second brisa, when they put an 80 kikar, that was a type of gold that they wanted to make sure was mamish perfect. But they'd already done a lot of the filtering and a lot of burning off of the excess. And therefore, it did not reduce in size at all. That brings us to Halacha Dalit, halfway down Yuklas Manala. Masnista, and the Mishnah writes as follows. Shlosha Asar Shofaros, there were 13 containers with which one could collect funds in the Beis HaMikdash. We'll see soon that they were actually laid out in a circle shape, that people could kind of walk around and put money in each of these containers if they so desired. What were they for? So Shlosha Asar Shofaros Haibim Mikdash, the Kasu Balein, and each of them had something written on them. Number one, Tikal and Chadatin, which is the name of the commentary that you'll see on the, uh, on the bottom of the page here. This is the Chati Shekel that we spoke about earlier in the parak, And there was another one for Tikalan for people who were late on their payments. I forgot to give last year's Chati Shekel, separate container for you to give the money. And remember we said earlier in the Masech that you had to actually bring to the Mikdash if you were late. If you, then you couldn't send it into the messengers and through the city, you had to actually bring it yourself. So that's numbers one and two. Um, Kenan, uh, birds for korbanos, the gozle ola, birds that were going to be brought for an ola, eitzim, uh, you wanted to donate money for wood, lavonas, frankincense, that was used in a number of korbanos, um, and zahab la kaporas, gold in order to make, not the kaporas, but we would have thought the kaporas, it's not what it is, it's not the covering of the aron or anything like that, it's actually talking about kalim that were in general used, and there were shisha lindava, so we have seven specific items, seven specific uh, pushkas, as mentioned, and then six of them were linadav, or just for general donations, and there were six of them for a particular reason, machlokas in the Gemara, which we'll see in a little bit. And says the Gemara, um, Of course, the first container, which was for the uh, which was for the chazi shekel, was bechol shana v'shana. That was something that was uh, replenished every year. Atikin. What was the pushka for that was for the Atikin? So says the says the Mishnah, the person who didn't give his Chati Shekel last year, Shokel He's gonna he has to put it in at some point. So during that next year for last year's Chati Shekel, he put it in the container that says Atikin. Um Kinan, Hain Torin, these are a certain type of bird. Uh, turtle doves is the English translation. These are pigeons. Kulan Olos, is of the opinion that all of these birds are considered to be Olos. However, according to the Chachamim, not all of them were Olos. Some of them were different. By Kinan, by those birds, they could either be for a Chatas or for an Ola. But by Gozla Ola, by those birds, by the pigeons, they're Kulan Olos. So there's a little bit of a Machlokas, not by the Gozla Ola, 
But there's a machlokas Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim in regards to Kenan. Would it be that there are chatas and Ola, or are they only for Ola? That's a machlokas and the Gemara. All of that is part one of the Mishnah, which is these are the thirteen different types of pushkas that were in the in the in the Mishkan in the Beis Hamikdash that people could give uh, charity to, that people could give tzedakah to, or make a commitment for their chiyuv and whatever they are. If a woman has to bring because she's this, whatever she can put money in the pushka for the kin. Very good. Here is part two of our Mishnah. Part two of our Mishnah is uh, about two thirds of the way down, a little bit more, and it says, "Haomer harei alai." Harei alai, of course, is a language of commitment, a language of neder, and uh, maybe a shvua, just different depending on exactly what the language is. But when one says "harei alai," eitzim, eitzim is in the plural. What should they give? Lo yivchos mishnegzir. Then they have to give two logs of wood because you said eitzim. So we're we're kind of taking your your language and putting the equation to it. If you say X, what is the Y? So if you say X, if you say, I am going to give eight seams, so then we're going to say you have to give shnei that you have to give two logs of wood. Levona, if you're going to give uh, frankincense, then lo yifchos mi you have to do kmitza. What type of kmitza? We're going to get to that in the Gemara because kmitza is a different volume depending on who, who the Kohen was. If he had big hands, he had big hands, small hands, small, just different sizes of the kmitza. Uh, zahav, what if a person says harei alai zahav? So then lo yifchos mi dinar zahav, you have to give a minimum of a dinar, of course, a unit of measure, a coin. Uh, and the shisha l'nadava, what about the six, um, the six pushkas that were for nadava? Uh, shisha l'nadava, nadava mahayu osinba, what would they do? Lokhen olos habasar l'shem, they take the meat and they give it to l'shem, to Hashem, l'shem, to the name. That's uh, one of uh, an early reference to what we do today of Hashem, which is the name. So that's what the, the Mishnah says here, that look, they would take the olos basar l'shem, that would be dedicated to a Kodesh Baruch who totally burnt up an ola. That the Kohanim would be the beneficiaries of getting the skins, which they could then cash out for money. And uh, the Mishnah ends off with a discussion of a particular Kohen Gadol. Here's what he would say. The Pasuk reads, Asham hu Asham, Asham Lashem. The person brings a Korban Atom because they made a mistake. Zach Lal, here's the rule. Person bringing a Korban Chatas for an Avera or an Asham for a Safik Avera. So you lakach bahen olos habasar l'shem that you're going to give out the meat. It's going to be an ola for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The oros the kohanim and the skin will go to the kohanim. Let's close out the mishnah. Three lines before the end of the mishnah on Yudches Aleph. Seven lines before the end of the page. Six lines. Nimsu shneik suvin kayam. And there's two pesukim which are being fulfilled by this. Number one is asham l'shem is that we give some up part of the korban to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the second pasuk that's being fulfilled is Vashem Kohen, that the Kohen's also going to get a piece of the Hashem, and which part of the, of the Hashem is he getting? As mentioned, he's going to be getting the oros, he's going to be getting the skins, and that would allow for him to, again, get some type of funding. The Omer and the pasuk says, Kesef Hashem, the Kesef, uh, and the pasuk indicates here clearly that the Kohanim would get uh, what was deserving of him. Here, the Gemara is going to open with something very interesting. The Gemara says something which seems to go right against our Mishnah. Tanya, the Brysa writes, five lines from the bottom, We just said in our Mishnah that there are 13 different types of pushkas. And one of them was for Kenan, was for birds. Says the Gemara right here, there wasn't one. So which one is it? Is it our Mishnah or is it this Brysa? So we're going to dig into this and compound the question still more. Why was there, according to this Brysa, why was there no pushka for Kenan? Very strange. So says the Gemara, Maybe the owner would die 
And if the owner dies, then you have a chatas mesa. A chatas mesa is an animal that's not allowed to be carried because it's a chatas and the bailim have died. So if a person were to give a chatas and they then they die, the animals a chatas mesa can't be brought. We're concerned uh, that it'll be me'uravos bahain. And therefore, if you give in the money and one of the people might have died, so it ruins all of the other korbanos. So that problem, number one, is it doesn't fit with our Mishnah because our Mishnah says that you're allowed to give kinah. That's number one. Problem number two is look how explicitly this upcoming b'risa contrasts and conflicts with what we just learned. Tanya, two lines from the bottom. Ha'isha she'amra ha're'a la'king. Now, what woman says, I'm going to be dedicating a bird to the mikdash. So what does this b'risa say? She does, absolutely. Take the money and she puts it into a shofar. Top of Not only that, she can eat. Not only that, we're not afraid that the Kohanim didn't do their job to say uh, oh, to, uh, that they didn't do their job. And as well, and this language is very, uh, very difficult for the previous b'risa. This b'risa says black on white that we are not concerned about chatos mesa. So b'risa number one, when the Gemara opens up, indicates that we are concerned about chatos mesa, that the bailim of the chatos will die, and therefore the chatos mesa, which cannot be brought because the bailim are no longer alive, that it'll ruin all of the other birds that are there. But then this b'risa says we're not literally. It says we're not concerned about it. So which one is it? So answers the Gemara, a Balabatasha answer. And the Gemara answers as follows, third line, when is it that the first price in the beginning of the Gemara indicates that you're not allowed to give the, the chatos? That's when you know. That should be obvious. That was the price that the Gemara opened with. Bryce has said there in the name of Rabbi Yehuda that you're not allowed to do that. What was he talking about? A specific case where we knew that the Bailam had died. So let's say the Bailam had separated an animal that was a chatas and then they died. You cannot take their animal and give it to, give it to the Beit HaMikdash. That's a chatas mesa. That's what Rabbi Yehuda was restricting. But the second Bryce that we saw, which very clearly allows for that, is every other case scenario. Just a, a simple almost like more of a miscommunication than a conflict because Rabbi Yehuda was just talking about a case where where we knew that the person had died. So it says the Gemara, but Afal Pikein, even if it were to be, to be the case that a chatas mesa was me'urav, even if so, and even if you were concerned about the chatas mesa being mixed in with the other birds, so what? Nivror dalad zuze, separate out four zuz, which was the cost of a bird back in the day, whatever it was, as a standard uh, cost of a bird. And we can, we've, we've been talking about this already. We could do tmura. We, we learned about taking a pigeon. You remember we said we had a couple of explicit mishnayas that when you're trying to be podet, you can't pay workers with the Torahs. You have to be podet onto the coin. So the Kedusha is now on the coin and then you give them the Torahs. Why can't we do the same thing here? You're worried about a chatas mesa? Transfer the problematic bird onto a coin and then shecht everything else. What's the problem? I don't understand what the problem is. So it says the Gemara because... And this touches on a Shastagya, the first time we're seeing it here in a Yerushalmi context, but we've seen it in Bavli probably five or six times. Because you're going backwards in time. When the woman gave over the birds, she was alive and well. Now that she died, we have to determine which of her birds was, was the one that was problematic. We don't know. We don't, it's coins. We gave him coins. You didn't give him birds. And now you're looking at a whole package of birds. We don't know what's what anymore. So it's a, to go backwards in time and say, no, no, no those birds are hers. That's Brera, and Rabbi Huda doesn't hold a Brera of retroactive decision making. That Rabbi Huda does not hold of. That brings us to the two dots and Yerchatim and Beis six lines down. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Bon, Omar, Rabbi Bar Mamel, Boy, he asked the following question: Omar, 
Harealai eights. What if you said Harealai eights? What did our Mishnah say? Harealai eightsim. Our Mishnah spoke about in the plural. If you say the word eightsim, how many do you have to bring? Plural, two. You got to bring at least two. What if the language of the person who wants to give a donation is eights, just singular? So it says the Gemara, six lines down, Harealai eights. Halacha is maybe Gizarecha, just bring one. You know, it says not Halacha uh, Moshmi Sinai, something complicated. Whatever it comes out of your mouth is what you're obligated to do. So if you're going to say, Harealai eights, you bring one. Harealai eights, then you have to bring two pieces of wood. Whatever you would say, whatever comes out of your mouth is what's going to happen. Amra Blazer, Masnisa Amra, Cain. Uh, the Mishnah says the same as follows. Not a Mishnah here, but a Mishnah elsewhere in Shas. Shezek Korban Bifne Atzmo. Each one is their own individual thing. The word eights does not mean two. The word eights means one. And each gift is an individual gift. So when you say eights him, you're not giving one gift, you're giving two. Therefore, because it's really separate gifts, when you would use the language in the singular of eights, you only bring one. When we have separate dedications, a person is going to give two of them. We skip the next four words of Korban, the Rabos Es Ha'etzim, the Gra takes them out, difficult to understand within the flow of the Gemara. And the Gemara continues with Rabbi Yeshuv and Levi Omar, how, what was the size of the wood that a person would dedicate? If a person said Eitzim, you can't just pick any old wood. We just bought firewood for our house. It's special wood that burns very well. It catches quickly, holds fire quickly, makes good embers, great. So they had specialized wood and not only was it special in its quality, but its size was very particular. Why? Because there was only so much space up there on the top of the Mizbeach. Rabbi Yeshuv and Levi Omar, Ovion Ama Be'ama Shochekes. The, uh, the length of the wood that we're talking about was one ama, but with an ama shochekes. What's an ama shochekes? So this is a very important halachic idea that comes up throughout Shas a number of times, many times. And that is that when we talk about an ama shochekes, an ama is made up of tfachim. A tefach is when you keep your, your fingers together. A tefach shochak is when your fingers are widened a little bit. It's a little bit more. So let's say a tefach shochak would be four inches. A, te- a tefach regular would be four inches. A tefach shochak could be five inches. So that's a big difference. So here we're saying, uh, just to go back into the Gemara, Bishub and Levi is saying that uh, its length was an ama shochekes, the orkan be'ama geduma. But the other, that's the X uh, axis. On the Y axis, it was actually geduma. A gidem in, in, in Gemara language is something that's cut off. So the Meforshim here explain what are we talking about? That instead of looking at the yama as having six tvachim in this direction, it only has five in this direction. So really it was a rectangle, even though we're calling it ama by ama, it really wasn't. It was an ama shochekes of six on the X axis and only five tvachim on the Y axis. Much, uh, much smaller, many, many different uh, in inches, as it were. Rav Choni B'Shem Rav he gives a, an example of a thickness of it from a Tortini, which was a type of wood uh, that was like a well-known piece of wood. Like today, we would probably like the thickness of a piece of plywood. Like we would use something that we all know about, whatever is three quarters of an inch, whatever, we'd all have an approximation. Everybody knew what a Tortini was back in the day. The reason why the wood that you were donating had to be such a specific size was because there wasn't that much space. This is also listed in the Mishnah this way. How many of the following words are included? According to the Guru, we remove the language of Ama Yesod, Ama Sovev, and we continue with Ama Karcho, Ama Karanos, Ama Ma'arocha. In short, if you were to take an aerial view of the Mishkan, you'd see an Ama from the outside. Again, you're looking down on the Mizbech, you'll see an Ama 
of the base. You'll see an ama of decor. You'll see the horns. You'll see one space of walking, and then you'll see the ma'aracha. There wasn't that much space here, and therefore the ma'aracha was only an ama, and therefore the pieces of wood that you would have to dedicate, if you said hare alai eitzim, or eitz, whichever it was, you'd have to make sure that you're giving a specific shem. I'm sure they sold them this way. These are, this is the wood for ma'aracha. It was cut in a very specific way to make sure that it would all fit. That brings us to the two dots, nearly halfway down, Yudches and Beis. Let's switch over to Levona. We spoke about this in our Mishnah. There was a container for Levona, and we said that if a person says, Harei Levona, how much flour do they have to give? They have to give a Kmitta. O Yifchot Mikomet. Nemar Kan Azkara, and Benemar Lahalan Azkara, Ma'azkara Amur Lahalan. Melo komet, afazkara ha'amur akan melo komet. Just like we have in general by korbanos, that a person has to give a kmita. A kmita in halacha is defined as that which you can grip in your palm, leaving only the middle three fingers holding it. So you would grab the flower and you would open up your pinky and your thumb, whatever would fall off would fall off, and whatever's in your hand remains as a kmita. So that's what the Gemara says that we learn from the regular korbanos to the world of Lavona by this commitment. By this commitment of hare alai, if a person says hare alai, the kmitza has to be just like it would be by regular korbanos. Says the Gemara, imaz kara hamura lahalan shnei komtzin. Sometimes we have an halacha, they have to bring, bring two kmitzas. Afaz karmura kan shnei komtzin. Maybe we should say that here, when you say hare alai, it should also be a kmitza, a two, two kmitzin. So says the Gemara, no. Amar of Ila, klum lamdu lekomets elami minchas chote. We only learn from the minchas chote as it relates to our case of Lavona when one says hare alai, when one is making a verbal commitment. And therefore, what is the uh, the limud over there? If you have less than a kometz, less than one kometz, it's puzzle, therefore you need a kometz. Therefore you need at least one kometz, but you don't need two. And that's the conclusion of this section of the Gemara, that in our Mishnah, when a person were to, were to have said hare alai, levona, he's only obligated in one kmitza. And that kmitza, uh, we'll see exactly what size that is right now. Amr of Yusa, two thirds of the way down. Amr of Yosa, Milsa, the Ravila, Amra, Hamisna de Levona, maybe Bekomso shall Kohen and possibly Gadol. Now, this isn't the Kohen Hagadol. This is the Kohen Gadol, the Kohen with the largest hands. How much flour do we need? So every Kohen would have a different hand. So the Grut takes out the word Gadol. Just talking about a Kohen. We're talking about a Kohen does Kmitza. So you have to use a Kohen's hand, whatever the size is, what was of the Kohen's hand. Um, however, says the Gemara, No, it could just be if the guy has small hands, he could do he could do it himself. It doesn't have to be whatever shear of the coin's hand is of that day. It could be the shear of the Bailam's hand, smaller or bigger, whatever they are. And that brings us to the two dots. Let's talk a little bit about the gold. We said, Zahav lo yivchos, that a person who makes a commitment to give gold that they should not give less than a dinar, Amar Abelazar Bhushi's Kirtsura. That's only if you made a specific mention of the type of coin that you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, if you say gold, you have to bring a thousand dollars of gold because you said you want to give gold. Maybe you want to give an ounce, an ounce of gold. Maybe you want to give a tenth of an ounce of gold. So how do you know how much to give? So it says the Gemara. It's only true if you made mention of a particular coin. If you didn't say anything, you can give a very small amount. Maybe a sinur. This was one of the smallest kalim in the mikdash that had some type of pronged. Uh, it was like a fork or some type of the some type of kli. It was the smallest one that was in the mikdash. In that, that would have to be the smallest amount because there had to be a practical purpose to the gold. So it had to be the size of the smallest clay, which was the tsinora. Shisha Linadava, we said that there were six um, six of the 13 pushkas were specifically for Nadava, for people who wanted to give donations. So that says uh, uh, unspecified donations. So then the Gemara says, Machlok is where the number six came from. Chizkiya Amar Keneged Shisha Bate Avos. There are six groups of Kohanim referred to as Bate Avos. And that's why we had six of them. I mean, each of these, uh, these pushkas would be representative of each of these Bate Avos. 
However, Barpadio Amar Kenegat Sheish Behemos, it was absolutely not uh, according to them, but it was the six animals that were most frequently bought in the brought in the base of Mikdash. Parve Egil the Seir, Ail Gadiutla. Those are the six that they that each of these Nadaba containers represent. Shmuel Amar, a third opinion, Amar Kenegat Shisha Korbanos, six different types of Korbanos. And we have to include the parentheses here because otherwise we don't get to the number six. Let's say you excluded the parentheses. That's only four. So therefore, we're going to include the parentheses here. And here's number one. The two of them are the same. It's the same impurity and the same uh, approach. So therefore, that's what number one. Number two is kine yoldos, women who gave, give, gave birth and they have to bring a korban of birds. Number three, chatos. Number four, hashamos. Number four, hamen, armen, menachos. And number five is a series. Number six is a series. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. The girsas and shkalim are all messed up. That's the short answer. And that's why if you look on the, if you look on the sides in the Hagos Hagra, just like take a quick look at the Hagos Hagra, Hagos Hagra in most other Masechas doesn't exist on most Amudim. Maybe every one, every couple of words. Yeah, and if whatever he says is, is cryptic and it's hard to understand. Here, it's much more clear. These words don't belong here or these words need to be here. So the parentheses, we have a rule in learning Gemara that whenever we see parentheses, we skip. Whenever we have brackets, we include. That doesn't have a lot of academic integrity. <laughs> you really need to look every time you're skipping. You need to see what's happening because there's a reason why there was a suffix. So here, yes, they're in parentheses because of someone. Someone put them there. But without adding in these two, it, we just don't get to six. So something's missing. So it had to be included. Uh, your question's better than my answer. But uh, looking over the years as Shkalem was copied over, apparently a lot of uh, errors were, were um, errors. Uh, a lot of differences in the text were, were seemingly included. Four lines from the bottom. Let's continue. He's like, no, this isn't specific to anything. They needed six pushkas because people liked giving money. We didn't want them to get full. Some of them, before Shemir, right, that we were afraid that if they'd get full, so the coins would lay on top of one another and they would uh, they would get spoiled. It wasn't like the quality of our coins now. These were coins that could dent more easily and they could with they would rust more easily. Our coins are much, much different. I, you rarely see rust on our coins. And if they sat in the pushka for a couple of years, they'd be fine. They may get stuck to one another a little. They don't get ruined. Here, we were, they were concerned that they were going to get ruined. So Maruba. Uh, says the Gemara, there were a lot of gifts given. So Ribula Shofar Sarbe, they put in six of them because they needed a lot of them. The Gemara goes back uh, in our Mishnah to reference Yehoyada, the Kohen Gadol, gives a drasha that he gave. Says the Gemara, see the Pasuk writes as follows. He added uh, two, or there were there were two, uh, two different uh, donation pots. Turning to the top of Yud Tes. Amud Aleph, Tani Debe Rabbi Shmuel, Nadava Achas, really there was only one, Dechsi Vayomer HaMelech Vayasu Aron Echot, Vayitneu, Vayitneu, Beis Hashem, Vayikov Chorbadalas. He would put it in a particular door where there was only one of them, says the Gemara. That doesn't work. There has to have been two, because, says the Gemara, Vahad Dechsi Vayomer HaMelech Vayasu Aron Echot, Vayitneu, Beshar Beis Hashem, Chutza. The first one you said was in Beis Hashem. Now this Pasuk is saying Chutza. You can't have it in two places. It says the Gemara Pasha that it was actually in two places. And Yoyada the Kohen Gadol had a second one that was outside the Mikdash because because not everyone was able to come in. If you had a tummy, you wanted to give to them. You put the pushka out all the way uh, by where they weren't allowed to come in anymore. If they have to have access, they want to give tzedakah to the Mikdash. It has to work out. Adran, Allah, Perak, Yud, Gimel, Tzofaros, Yerotam, come back to this daf in seven and a half years. Halacha Aleph of the next parak. This next parak is called Maos Shenimtu. And here we're going to deal with what happens if the money fell 
between these two kupos. Let's say you got two of them next to each other. There's money in between. Which one do we give it to? You have one. We have we have two in our base in, in our um, we have two in our shul. We have one for Aniya Ircha and we have one for Makorachai. So let's say they're sitting there and a coin falls dead center between them. Which one do we put it in? Are we allowed to choose? The answer is no, we're not allowed to choose. We have a halachic system for that. And we're going to learn that right here in this Mishnah. The Mishnah opens at the new parak on Yutesimad Aleph as follows. Let's say that they're uh, between the container for Shkalim, uh, for the new Shkalim, the Chati Shekel, and the container for Nadava where someone's going to be donating money. What do we do? So Karov Lishkalim, if it's going to be closer to the Shkalim container, we'll make the assumption that it belongs there. Yiftul Lishkalim, we would take that coin. If it's closer to the Shkalim, when we put it in the Shkalim container and we move on. If it's uh, if it's the other way, if it's probably if it's closer to the nedava container, to the to the unspecified funds container, But when it comes to then we put it in the nedava fund, um, and uh, the Gemara is going to explain this a little bit later. What about the container in which you'd give money for Eitzim and the container in which you would have give, given money for Lavona? Same rule. If you have if the money is closer to the Eitzim container, great. Take the coin, put it in the Eitzim container. If the coin's closer to the Lavona, then no problem at all. If it's halfway through, then you should put it in the Lavona. Says the Gemara, what about Ben Kinen, the Gozle Ola? These two are very similar. They're both birds. You have Kinen, you have the birds one, and you have Gozle Ola, which is pigeon. What do you do there? If it's closer to the birds one, to the Kinen one, that's where you put the coin. If the coin fell, then you should put it if it's closer to the gozel and of course the money goes there what if the coin is at the 50 yard line between the two we should make sure that it goes to the ola says the gemara what do we do between these two containers one has chulin in it and one has meiser sheni so says the gemara we're not sure if it's closer to one put it in if you're half uh, halfway through we put it in the meiser sheni which is more chamor and this is really the esot of our mishnah when it's closer, we can even put it in the one of the two containers, which is more lenient. It's a halach, we're guessing. We don't really know. Can't a coin roll? I mean, they roll. You don't know for sure that that coin was closer. We don't know, but we're mekel if it is closer to one container. However, then we go to the to the container if it's 50-50 that has more halachic significance than the other. So we're always going to be weighing one against the other when we have two. That's why by chulin and maister sheni, that Meister Shani has more Hashibus than Chulin. That's the most clean example that the Mishnah indicated. So if the coin is at the 50 yard line, we have to be Machmir. If it's closer to the Chulin, we allow for the Kulin. That's what it says. If it's Karob, then we allow for the Kula. But if it's 50 50, we have to be Machmir and put it in the one that's larger. So it says the Gemara, one third of the way down your testament, all the Gemara opens. Lo Hutzracha Dala, this is the same as Lo Nitzracha Ella in, uh, in Bavli language. All we needed was that was really all that we needed. Why did you have to teach all of them? So it says the Gemara, because Rabbi Avun Bishem, Rabbi Pinchas, Kimin Buchliar Hayuosin, because all of them were in a circle, they were all near each other. So we had to paskin on each one as they were near each other, because which one was more chamer? We had to go around the horn. So we didn't actually didn't go through all of them. Some of the Rishonim are bothered by it. the Gemara is going to ask this question as well. If you have to go around the horn, then go around the horn. There should have been 13 different conversations if there's 13 different uh, things. You have to ask between one and two, between two and three, between three and four. What happens if it's 50-50 in each one? We didn't go through all 13 of them. We just went through four or five of them. The Gemara is going to deal with that. So that, But that was the first question the Gemara says is really, we only needed one. Shkala Makim says, Gemara, that's different. It's Bukhliar. They were all in a circle. 
and therefore we need to do a mechzel and mechzel yiflu l'nedava. And uh, maybe we would have. Uh, what does it mean mechzel and mechzel yiflu l'nedava? So then the Gemara says, skipping the parentheses, Easter boy meimar shema yiflu the shir the halishka. Uh, why did the Mishnah have to delineate where the money goes? It says the Gemara, we had to talk about where the money went by Mechzal Mechza, because I might have thought, says the Gemara, without this Mishnah specifying that when you're dealing with two things, one's Shkalem, one's Nadava, that it goes to Nadava, I might have thought that it just goes to the general fund, the Lishka, the general bottom line of the base of Mikdash, it goes into the Lishka room. Maybe I would have thought that. Or maybe we should have said it's like a person who's mason, and the halacha would change depending on which bucket it was in. So that's why we had to say the while I was still over there in Bavel, Shamis, this is the third or fourth time in the Masech that we've seen this language. Shamis Kal I heard Rabbi Huda ask a question of Shul, the famous Rabbi Huda who learned both under Rav and Shmuel here. Of course, he was still learning under Shmuel. And he heard Rabbi Huda ask the following question. It's going to be a quote from what we saw many blad ago. What if Hifrish Shkalo Umez? What happens if a person sets aside uh, a shekel and then the person dies? So Amar Le'i So this is just a great example of seeing what happens when there's a default. What do we do with the default? What if there's Mosara Sirisa Eifa Shalom? What if there's extra Sirisa Eifa? Which was either one of two things, one that was brought by Kohen Gadol or one that was brought under other circumstances. Rabbi Yochanan Amar Yolicham Melach, he says, no, it doesn't go Linadaba. Rabbi Lazar Amar Yiplo Linadaba. So we needed our Mishnah to specify because it's not always clear where money goes when we are Masufak. The Kasha asks the Gemara, but wait a minute. We said in our Mishnah that by, by the birds, that you could have a chatas that's karev as an ola, that you can have a bird that's a chatas that's going to be brought as an ola, says Gemara. How can that be? Answers the Gemara, six lines before the end of the halacha, Fizkiah, B'Shem Reb Shemin ben Lakish, he says, it's t'nai bezdenhu, al-hamosaro shikru olos. No, you're right in principle, that if you've dedicated and set aside a korban chatas, you cannot then use it as an ola. You're right. However, this is a t'nai bezden. Bezden built in a condition. The nature of your giving is based on the, it's almost like, um, like a disclaimer. Uh, please note, if you're going to be dedicating a chatas, it is the rule of Bezdin that we have the right to give it as an ola under certain circumstances. It's like they like put up a poster, right? they put up a placard and the, they didn't, but in theory they could have, it would have been just as clear. So therefore, uh, we, there was a condition there. That's why in our Mishnah, we have a case where a chatas can be brought as an ola. Ha'isha hazos, let's say that a coin falls out and uh, it, we end up not putting the coin back in. Well, but she needed kapara. She's bringing these birds for kapara. So you, her coin fell out and you moved it somewhere else. So now what? <laughs> now what? And now she doesn't get kapara. What? That's what the Gemara is asking. Let's say that a coin falls out of the Kenan container and it rolls closer to the other container. We learned in our Mishnah, it goes into the other container. So that woman, that money will not buy a bird for her because her coin rolled out and went down the block. So where's her kapara? That's a great question. That's a great question. The halachic assumption of what we do when a coin is mechzal mechzal, or even worse, if it rolls really the wrong way, really it was a Kenan coin. It was for her to bring for a Yoledes, for whatever. But now it's in the other container. She doesn't get the, the, the kapara that she wanted, that she paid for. So the, what? She never know. And she'll never know. She'll never know. So the Gemara answers as follows. Here too, we have a Tanai Bezdin. If you find coins that come out, you have to compensate for a bird just in case. Yes, you're giving, seemingly, that's what the Gemara means. The coin may go to the other container, but just in case, we need to make sure this woman has her kapara. Lo, tzorcha, dala, ben k'tores la'itzim, lo, levona, lezav, le'kapores. 
why did you have to talk about a variety of these cases? You could have talked about fewer of them. The Tanisa, the Sofa, because we, what we learned at the end of the Mishnah was critical. We needed to learn what it meant to be Machmir. So we brought up the cases in our Mishnah that were more complicated in order to let us know what it means to be more Machmir when you're 50-50 Machmir, in which way? To Nedava or to Shkalim. So that's what we discussed in our Mishnah. We'll stop right here at Halacha Beis in the bottom of Yotesimut Aleph, and we'll pick up on Shabbos to learn Yotesimut Beis and Dav Kaf. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Mm-hmm.